Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. everybody. Thanks for joining us this evening. Tonight the spotlight falls on the Skyships Over Cashiers channel with your host, Mary Joyce. She is the editor of Skyships Over Cashiers. And I, I highly recommend that all of you check out that website. It's skyshipsovercashiers.com. It is an amazing website. It has articles on everything talk about you know UFOs to unicorns and everything in between her articles are amazing they are researched well they are um, validated by Mary before she puts them up and she has she has over a decade's worth of archives there that are spectacular you can get lost in them and, and I have several times so after the show please go over there and check out her website because it is spectacular so Welcome to the show, Mary. Hi, how you doing? Happy New Year and all of that. To you as well. I, you know, it's just uh, it, the year went fast. <laughs> uh, it was a very eventful year, and uh, instead of saying Happy uh, New Year to most people, I'm now saying I, I hope the New Year treats you kindly, because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff coming our way, and the best we can hope is that each one of us can uh, uh, dodge the bullets. You know, you're you're absolutely right. Every year I write something for the website on, you know, the year that's to come. And <clears throat> this is the very – and the website has been up for over a decade. I, I can't even remember when it went up first. But, but I've always done a, a forecast for the coming year, and this is the very first time that I am kind of – uncomfortable with with doing a forecast for what's coming because um y- you know uh change is, is always painful for everybody um there is so much coming that is going to change us and yet um uh, and, and some and when you're trying to build new things you have to tear down old things so that so that there is that element of being uncomfortable with the fact that that we are we are being destabled for a, a period of time in order to provide us with a better foundation to build on in the future, and it feels to me like this destabilization is going to go on for over a year, and so it's kind of like, how do I write this and put a positive spin on it? And you know, I, I'm pretty sure I will, but but it is at this moment in time. Causing a dilemma for me. 
Well, I think it's real practical advice that everybody needs to hear, and that is pay attention to what I call your gut feeling. And if something tells you, even if it seems illogical, you better, you know, go the opposite direction, do it. Because sometimes it's just some of those people in the tornadoes, it was just a moment of thought like that that saved them from being, you know, crashed in with their house or their tree. And and so paying attention to the, the gut feeling may be the most important thing to do this next year. Well, that tornado came right through where I live. And... um there were several hours where I was huddled in a, you know, a sheltered place, which was my inside bathroom. It was me, two cats, a toilet seat, and a blanket for a couple of hours until they gave us the all clear. So, um, and it was, you know, one of the few times, that, I mean, usually when that, that alert comes, it's not at 3 o'clock in the morning, but, uh, right. you know, it's, it it is frightening knowing that that, that kind of you know and, and I had my cell phone so I knew what was going on and it was it was you know me and two cats in this teeny tiny little half bathroom <laughs> couldn't even get to the big bathroom huh? yeah I, uh, not a big bathroom it was just a half bath and so it was a very small little you know a guest bathroom I guess and mm-hmm. um. So, yeah, I, I think what's coming is going to be amazing. I think that from what I can gather and from what I've been getting hint-wise as far as spiritual energy goes, there are going to be some revelations that are going to absolutely shake people's socks off. So That's, um, the, way, that's the way it's looking for sure. And, and you know, even, even forgetting politics, mm-hmm. the revelations that are coming – are going to be profound, and the groundwork has been laid. Um, there's all sorts of new stuff coming out daily. I, you know, not not all of it can I validate, so I, you know, I'm not going to put it out there. But, but I think that that this coming new year is going to be one that is full of shocking revelations that that are going to shift the consciousnesses of most people. So get your ticket and sit down, hang on tight, and watch the show. Yeah, get your popcorn. And, yep. and, and you know, logic and reason, we're in a time frame where logic and reason does not apply. And I think that's what's going to, to, to you know, shake most people. I think that um, from what I can see, from what I can feel, we're at the precipice here of, of major changes and on the one hand sitting back and observing it is very exciting but being caught up in the drama is not a good thing so let the big boys do what they're going to do and and you know step back and pick up the pieces after they're all done all i right. guess I, you know <laughs> so you pick you still have a day or two right yeah <laughs> Yes, you do. Um, I have to admit, no, I mean a good to friend write, of mine. I mean to write your predictions. You still have a day or two to be reflective. I I do I do, and and every now and then when I when I sit down to try to you know roll up my sleeves and say okay let's be profound, all I hear is laughter coming from the other side. <laughs> so, stay humble. So, stay humble. Oh my goodness, yes, but but. Um, and of course, I, the the one thing I am absolutely going to predict, and I do it because it prevents it, is that the New Madrid fault line is going to go off. Um, and and it's sometimes, you know, I, I I take credit for predicting something, and it doesn't happen. And, and I'm I'm right in that that New Madrid Madrid fault line area, so um, you you can be very sure that even if I don't think it's going to to erupt, I'm going to predict it so that I prevent it. Oh, I see. Interesting theory. <laughs> so your topic for tonight, I think, is fascinating. And I did go on your website and check out some of the um, stuff about the secrets of the moon, which I found fascinating. Yeah, I've, I've jotted down about, I think, at least uh, seven or eight different things about the moon that uh, may not be commonly known to everybody. And one of the things that was kind of a surprise to me 
was that um, basically it's a question. Why is the back side of the moon so different? Well, we've always seen the same side of the moon. Uh, I think just about everybody knows that uh, the same side is always facing Earth. And we have these big, deep, um, uh, dark areas, and people make faces and stuff out of them like the man in the moon. But then when we got into space travel and we were able to see the backside of the moon, it is it doesn't have any of those big blotches. It is smooth, I mean relatively smooth, and it's gray uh-huh. and, and quite different. So um, the, the mystery of the, uh, the difference began to, um, you know, tweak my curiosity. And not only is it a paler uh, crust on that side of the moon, it, the crust is 30 miles thicker than the side facing Earth. That is a lot of miles. And yeah. there's a growing number of scientists who say that they've figured out why. They believe that at one time, and there may be legends that support this, they believe that at one time there were two moons circling the Earth and gravitational pull kept drawing them closer and closer together until the smaller one eventually smashed into the larger one, creating a thicker crust on uh, the, the side of the moon that was left over. And Eric, I don't, I'll probably mutilate his name, but his name looks like Eric Asfog. And he's a highly regarded planetary geologist, and he calls it this the big splat. And I love names like that. So this smaller uh, moon eventually splatted right into the moon that we see today, and it caused that thicker crust. And that thicker crust also acts like a uh, a lid. So the side-facing Earth has all these dark spots that uh, they say are the result of lava flowing to the surface. Um, <clears throat> this thicker crust <clears throat> excuse me, keeps that from happening, uh, and that's what makes it paler and uh, so different. So that's why the backs. I know the moon is supposedly different. I found it fascinating. Um, there was an article that you wrote about how, um, you, know, you know, anybody who, you know, knows anything about volcanoes and the lava tubes and stuff like that, um, you found one place where, where there was a lava tube that was so large that that it was thought that it might even be a place where, um, one could build a city inside of that would protect the city from um, exterior things that were happening on the moon. Uh, the Japanese get credit for finding this, and it looks like a round bored hole into the moon, and they found it in 2017. And it's not small. It's 30 miles wide. And uh, they, you know, the scientists immediately thought this would be a great shelter for humans uh, for long-term exploration missions on the moon, because it would protect them from cosmic rays and radiation and, and you know, things like that. And um, so what they've been doing is they have been testing cave rovers, building them and testing them in lava tubes here on Earth uh, to get something that would work well so that they can explore these lava tubes, um, you know, on, on the moon. So I think that's what you're probably talking about. Yeah, is the theory then that... Now, you know, lava, tool, uh, lava tubes, you know, certainly like this, have cooled. And is it, is it under the assumption that there is no more active volcanic activity on the moon anymore? Um, I don't know if that's definitive or not. I really do not know. But the, the pictures that I have with that article, and it's called Moon Cave May Become Astronaut Base. And those uh-huh. lava tubes are on Earth, and they're just ah. testing this equipment so that when they get in a better position to do exploration on the moon, they will have uh, the equipment perfected. It's, so the, you pictures know, I include, the, the pictures I show with that article are, are totally on Earth. Okay. Well, you know, it, to me, it, it, in looking at the fact, I mean, the big splat makes sense, and... Isn't Don't you love the name? Rumored? It kind of sticks in your head. It, it does. <laughs> um, the the theory, you know, there have been rumors, theories out there that the dark side of the moon has alien bases and all sorts of stuff on. And if it's a smir- if it's a smoother surface, it would make great sense that that's that's where you'd build your secret uh, laboratories and stuff like that. 
Uh, well, that would be one it, reason, and I also don't think they wanted to be seen on the side facing Earth. So, you know, there's a pretty convincing uh, information uh, that there are ETs and there are structures on the uh, the far side of the moon. Um, I can give you two different things on that one. The first one is um, um, the uh, the Apollo uh, 15 crew went up there, and uh-huh. um, astronaut James Irwin was a friend of Clark McClellan, who is the only astronaut I've ever met personally. And uh, um, uh, Clark, you know, vowed uh, that this guy, you know, absolutely told the truth, and he quoted um, James Irwin. Uh, about the moon, and this is a quote. He said, yes, Dave Scott, who was, you know, also up there, he was the commander, yes, Dave Scott and I observed several small whitish or metallic objects flying overhead. Whatever those things were, they had intelligence, performing tight angular dives and port and starboard sweeps above us. We heard no sound of thrust. They were very fast critters. Yes, there were what we called lunar tracks on the surface, as I recall. I'm still quoting. Just like vehicle tracks, which was very strange because we had not been traveling there in the lunar rover before we made this visit. They were not made by any other known craft of the USA or the USSR, for that matter. It almost appeared as exploratory mining activities into the lunar surface with a few what appears to be uh, efforts to mine or dig. Blah 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 blah. So um, uh-huh. he also saw. He also said, "I also briefly saw what appeared to be structures in the far distance above and beyond the mountains. Uh, structures that appeared like glass or crystalline uh, that were high above the lunar horizon. I had a good view, and whatever it was or is, he saw it. So uh, the the more another aspect of this is how information is always being hidden from the public." And he had uh-huh. taken uh, 15 photos of these crafts and structures, um, and you know he had to turn them in to the, the, the people on the ground. And he wanted the pictures back or copies of them, and I believe they only gave him one back. And it had already been, you know, some of the objects or structures had already been erased from the copy they gave back to him. So they will go to great they they will go to great lengths to keep us from knowing about stuff like this. Well, isn't isn't there there's a whistleblower that that uh, has come forward and said that yeah they they did airbrush out you know cities structures all sorts of things um, and, uh, and she's made yeah uh, this lady absolutely needs a, a, a tribute and there may be an interesting synchronicity to this that I can't confirm just yet but I I wrote this article and right after it was posted I found out she had just died and oh um uh, the you know I got to her Facebook page and her son said that there would be a memorial service after the first of the year and more details I don't know what day she actually died, but it was very close to when I was writing the article, and I'm going, this might be a great synchronicity, but I won't know until I actually know, you know, when she actually died. But her name was Donna Hare, and she was um, an artist um, for NASA, and she was a space illustrator, a photographic slide technician. She won many awards, including, uh, well, she won many awards. And um, so she was no what I call peon. And she went uh-huh. on um, a radio program in uh, Washington, D.C. It was W-O-L AM radio. And this was back in 2000. And she went public and she declared that, quote, thousands of NASA photos over the years have been doctored or obfuscated. And along with that article, I've got, a, you know, a photo of her so you get a feel of what she's like but also have a documented photo from NASA uh, that you can actually see where things, you can see the um, airbrushing. You know, it's, it wasn't done that subtly. And uh, uh, there's all sorts of official writing above and below the photo, and it shows two towers on the moon. And uh, one of the phrases below the picture says, moon tower evidence. 
Another line says, two massive towering structures in terrain covered by tampering applications. So there, you know, there's, there's stuff straight from NASA that has all the NASA labeling all over it, and you can clearly see that uh, something that looks like a tower or two towers uh, have been airbrushed out. So, well, you've you, uh, you've experienced that yourself too. I mean, with with some of the the photos of Antarctica, you know, the where where the pictures were very clear about um, cities or towns or ruins of some sort, and then when you go back later, somebody has air, either airbrushed them out or blurred them out so that you can't see them anymore. So, um, yeah, we've seen that, you know that it actually you know. Google Earth is really wonderful because I discover many things using Google Earth, but sometimes within a day um, of me posting it on the website, it's been blurred out, wiped out. Um, One of the most severe ones, which I just posted on our Facebook page, not on our regular website, um, is two entrances into um, Antarctica, and they're big. Like, you know, these giant jets could fly into them, and there would be 50 feet off each wingtip. So, I mean, we're talking a large entrance. Once wow. that got posted, and I'm pretty sure it was the very next day, um, it, it was like somebody took a bottle of black India ink and just poured it over that. It just like, it wasn't airbrushed out. It was just dunked in black ink. And uh, so those kind of things have happened to many of the things we've discovered in Antarctica and on Mars um, the moon, uh, I don't have any firsthand uh, uh, evidence of that, but there's certainly evidence from other people that's happened on the moon also. Well, you know, I love the white pyramid on the moon, too. I mean, that was amazing. Uh, now, that's interesting for several reasons. One of the reasons is it's on the side of the moon that's facing Earth. And uh-huh. most of these unique things that we that have been found are on the far side of the moon, and it clearly is um, uh, very square shaped, and and the shadow shows that it's at a, you know, that it's a pyramid, and it's not yeah. a small one. It, uh, you know, you can use a Google measuring device, and each side is uh, 328 feet or close to it. Uh, if you compare that to a football field it would be an extra uh, 28 feet beyond the width of the length of a football field. So it's fairly good size, and it's white. And, uh, uh, again, we have photos of that on the website. And I'm going to repeat skyships over cashers.com because you can find these things on the website and see the photos of the different things that you and I are talking about. Well, and and what's fabulous is, you give the um, latitude longitude, so all somebody has to do is cut and paste that and put put it into Google Loon, and and they can check it out for themselves. Um, I think I think that's so important. We have um, idiots who love to entertain themselves by putting bogus things on the internet, and so if I can give people the coordinates and they can go to Google Earth and find these things for themselves, you know, there's not a much better way to confirm something. Um, oh, yeah. You can, get in, you can get in trouble if you just start pulling stuff off of whatever you find on the Internet. Well, you know, I've, I've, I've taken and, and checked out, you know, I, I've, I've taken the latitude and longitude of a lot of things that you've put up there. And um, I think the one that I, that, that I was so disappointed in, was it was one of the, Antarctic ruins, and when I went went in to look at it, um, you you had posted the page views that you had you had gotten, and when I went in to look at it, um, you know, uh, it 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 was totally blurred out, mm-hmm. and you know that was the next day. I kind of got used I, to it. That's why as soon as I find something, I I, I take a picture of it. I mean, uh, you know, print the page immediately because I know from experience it might be the last time I see it like that. Well, I so I encourage anybody who gets curious about exploring with Google Earth to um, get familiar with a key on your um, uh, you know, keyboard, and it just says print screen. And so you just hit that, and whatever is on the screen, it will save it for you. I'm going to have to discover that on my keyboard, but I do see it now, so I'm going to have to play. 
play with that later on tonight. Yeah, I didn't see um, that right away either. I had to learn about, you know, I don't know, I stumbled on it one day. I thought, hmm, and I tried it, and <laughs> it's very, very helpful. Well, you know, I think the moon is coming more and more and more into um, in, into an area of exploration and importance, and because there's so much, um, so many rumors going around about about alien structures and you know the aliens are coming or, or you know, the whole thing that that um, you know you kind of want to see research aimed in that direction. You kind of want to see. Um, you know, you know, just what is there? It is not a dead, a dead planet or or, or structure. Um, I, I know the thing that that fascinated me was was that it rang like a bell when people yeah. landed on it. I'm going to tell you a personal thing first. I, I did not include this in the in the posting that I did. Uh, my sister was born on November 20th, and I found out that the uh, Apollo crew dropped the lunar module on the moon on November 20th in 1969, and the moon reverberated like a bell for about an hour. And this was the first audible evidence that the moon might be hollow. And I, you know, I kind of explored that simply because I thought, hmm, that'll be something to, you know, say happy birthday with. And when I told <laughs> yeah. her about it, when I told her about it, she laughed because uh, she lives in Florida. And uh-huh. um, she... I don't know. I don't know the details, but she has a friend whose father worked at NASA, and they were there for the launch of the Apollo 12 crew that went up for this, you know, November 20th ringing of the bell. So not only had I found this thinking of her birthday, she had actually been there when the launch was going on, which I thought oh, was really cool. kind of, which was I thought it was kind of cool, but. Um, uh, they actually did this twice because they did it first with the Apollo 12. And, see, once they use the lunar module, they can't use it again. So that's why they just dropped it on the moon. Uh, and that, you know, that's when they experienced this sound, which I don't think they expected. Um, but then they knew that it happened. So when Apollo 13 went up about six months later, uh, they dropped the third stage uh, rocket onto the moon. And this time it rang, or they said it gonged, for three hours and 20 minutes. Um, You know, this all indicates there might be, you know, that the moon might be hollow. Um, I can't, anyhow. And they said um, the reason that it lasted so long is because it is more hollow. On Earth, an earthquake only lasts for minutes because the planet has a greater density. Um, I found all those kind of fascinating well, you know, if if it's hollow, see, I'm, well, I'm going what, back to the... I was just the... going to say, this is what really bothers me, because they go, okay, it's acting like it's hollow, but then we're uh-huh. getting this information that there's lava flows that leak out on the side of the moon that faces Earth. So can we have them both? I really don't know. Well, if the lava has all solidified because there's no atmosphere then maybe it could be true that, that, you know, at one point in time the moon may have had an atmosphere. The may, I, I don't know. Is there ever any evidence I think there that is the moon... Some, I think there is some atmosphere. It's not one that would support human life, but I don't think it's totally without atmosphere. Don't quote me on that. I haven't done any research at all on it, but that's kind of what I've assumed up to this point. Well, if those aren't lava tubes then they would have to be from i would think comet strikes possibly but would they be that round because that's a perfect circle oh i know if you see the picture on the on the website it's like somebody took a drill and drilled a a perfectly round hole and um you know 30 miles across and perfectly seemingly perfectly round that's uh that doesn't sound exactly like a lava tube to me no, that's why kind of I, I was I was sitting thinking, wait a minute, you know, um, maybe you know, but but it is it's it's a perfect circle. It it almost it almost looks like do you know you know how um, an onion if you if you cut a hole in in a top layer of an onion, 
and pull that out, you can see the next layer beneath it. I'm wondering if the moon is layered. Hmm. Uh, I haven't heard this onion theory before. Uh, well, if you look, <laughs> this is just me looking, but, but I'm looking at the hole here, and it does look as though, yeah, there's a hole there, but it looks like you can see the bottom of that hole. So if that's the case, and it looks it looks absolutely like a laser beam did it. And yeah, and that's, that's case, what it looks like to me too. And what I'm thinking is, they are simply using the lava tubes on Earth to practice exploring this. Because even if it's just what we're seeing with this, you know, tubular hole, um, uh-huh. circular hole, uh, if it's 30 miles across, they would still want to explore that. And so lava tubes may only be connected with their test on Earth, period. Yeah, because a lava tube, you wouldn't be able to see the bottom. Right, so, because it would wind off into darkness, right. Yeah. So this looks, I, I it looks more like a laser shot that would burn a hole like that, but I don't know how far down it would go, and I don't know if, if our lasers and other alien technology would... This this looks, this looks more like onions. Like there's another layer underneath this layer. It's very odd looking. It really is, but it is very circular. New theory: the moon is an onion. Yeah, you, let me know if you get anywhere with that one. <laughs> well, it's only my theory, but you know, um, I I've got a group of people. We do remote viewing. We certainly could go, you know, viewing this this hole and see what it is go for it yeah let us know if you did it it. i'd love the feedback on that i will i will definitely check that out because that's uh, you know you know i'm no scientist but that's that's an unnatural drilling um of some sort and and as far and and the laser keeps coming at me, so a laser of some sort. I, it, I would say a laser of some sort did it. I'm no scientist, and I, you know, that's well, just but my also consider also consider this. Keep in mind that it's 30 miles in diameter. Big laser. So, a very big laser. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know how they did it, or who did it, or how it happened, but. Uh, uh, the more you explore some of these things, the more questions you have. You know, we don't seem to run out of questions. That's true. Well, you, you know, I think it's it's amazing because for so long we've all ignored the, the moon because it's just a big rock out there and there's no life on it and yada, yada, yada. And now um, when, when, when astronauts started to go up and, and they would go around the dark side of the moon, that seems to be the the mysterious place, and yet with some of the pictures that you've got, it does it does show um, a surface that that is a lot smoother than the surface that we're viewing. But theoretically, that side is aimed at space, so wouldn't that have gotten as many um, comet hits as the side that faces us? It would seem so. And saying, like I said, if we keep thinking about this, we'll have about ten questions we'll need to find answers to. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're the researcher. <laughs> well, another another thing I want to bring up, because I'm one of those people who is concerned about um, climate change and what is happening to our Earth, and we can certainly go off in different directions. But I've got something, and I don't think I've posted this yet. It's called Our Wobbling Moon is About to Cause Trouble. And... Um, I was. It, it surprised me that there is a wobble cycle to the moon, and it's predictable. It's an 18.6-year wobble cycle. And um, in the past, this wasn't a concern. Uh, but when the moon enters, um, you know, the high tide uh, sequence, uh, the entire coastline will be in for a one-two punch when uh, this, cycle of the 18-year cycle, um, you know, peaks. And uh, half the moon cycle uh, suppresses the tides on the Earth, and the other half amplifies it. And these Uh two 
uh, cycles are separated by what they call the lunar standstill. And that standstill will be in 24 and 25. And we're ne- that's two years off. And then we will start be going, in, going into the amplifying cycle, which means it will increase the tides and uh, will escalate uh, the coastal flooding around the world. And with that article, which I have not posted yet, I've got a picture of high tide right now in Charleston, South Carolina. And it, uh, you can see the, you know, the three-story buildings that people live in in Charleston. And there's cars going through the water. And there's enough water covering the entire road or entire streets. Uh, and the cars create a wake in the water because uh, there's that much that's uh, going up in the streets just because of high tide. So if we begin a, an amplified part of the cycle beginning in 24, um, the coastal areas are going to be in deep doo-doo. And my personal advice for people who live right on the coast, that if you have any options, you might really want to consider not living there. <laughs> well, I I lived for a very long time on the water in uh, Connecticut, um, and the storms that that that, that really we we were more respectful of than a hurricane were the nor'easters. Mm-hmm. And if a nor'easter hit at full moon and high tide, there was incredible flooding. Right. Um, now put that but, together and, with the peak of the moon cycle, and it'll be much worse. Well, and I'm wondering. Not if not only does the moon wobble, but but of course our poles wander. They wobble quite a bit, so that if the wobbles synchronize at some point, we could be in for you know really massive stuff. I, I know a lot of the the flood stories um, have been attributed to comet strikes, but but they could also have something to do with with the the moon and the earth wobbling inappropriately, so to speak, so that there was greater stress on the high and the low tides. And, and I know full moons um, affect me emotionally. Mm-hmm. So that so that so that so that the the the, the pulling of the water, the, the the pull, the energetic pull, and of course we're ninety five or something like that percent water. So that so that if this comes closer or further away, it's going to even have an emotional impact on humanity as a whole. Right. I'm sure that's probably true. And, you know, it's like in in this this next couple of years, uh, everything, as you say, is coming together. Um, Again, something else I haven't posted on the website, but I I was listening uh, to a broadcast. It's called France 24 and it's um, international news that comes out of Paris. And um, they were talking that the Earth has around 220,000 glaciers. And sadly, between 2000 and 2019, they were shrinking at a rate of 267 billion tons per year. To put that in a different form, that's enough water to submerge Switzerland under 20 feet of water every single year, according to that broadcast. So Astro- if we begin to, yeah. if if we combine this, uh, all the glacier melting um, and the water rising and the moon cycle peaking, and I don't know what else, um, yeah, I think it's probably a really good idea to look for safe places to be. Astrologically speaking, um there there is a theory and you know uh and and part of it has to do with with long periods of time but at some point in time it is predicted that even great britain will be totally submerged and but you mentioned a a year that 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 you know waved a red flag at me you you mentioned 24 and ast- astrologically speaking um According to some astron- astronomers and astrologers, um, we go through many different cycles, and we're at the bottom of a particular cycle called the Aryan cycle. And at in 24, and and 
according to this astrologer, the center for spiritual insight and everything used to be in the Gobi Desert before the Gobi Desert became a desert. Say that, say that sentence again. The, 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 um, the center for spiritual insight and development and, and uh, where, where um, all, of the, all of the intellectual, um, astrological um, calculations, you know, the, the, the center for teaching of, of raising the consciousnesses for humanity, and we're talking millions of years ago, was the Gobi Desert when the Gobi Desert was not a desert, when it was when when of course our poles were different, and it was a it was a very lush setting, and apparently in 24 there is going to be that that spiritual center is going to be activated again in the Gobi Desert, hmm. which should be very interesting. Okay. I don't know what that means. But okay. I but I do mean that the 24 is definitely a target, as is the Gobi Desert, mm-hmm. which I found fascinating. Um, I, I think I maybe just, we're trying to draw everything together for whatever you're going to predict for the for the new year, because <laughs> because all the fa- all the factors are coming together, and not you know we've touched on a number of things here, but we also have earthquakes, and the earthquakes are increasing, the volcanoes. Uh, my goodness, the one in the Canary Islands has been um, constantly erupting for about three months now. That's a long time yeah. for steady blowing. It really, really is. Is the Ring of Fire starting to go off too? That's in the Pacific. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, if people want to follow it, you can. Ju- it's really easy. You can just type in USGS, which stands for U.S. Geological Survey, <clears throat> and you can see um, exactly the latest uh, earthquakes how strong they are, and where they are. And uh, there's been a bunch of them today. And some of them are in the five-point bracket. Wow. Well, I keep expecting, you know, California to go into the water. It's not going anyplace, but but it is predicted to eventually because of the water rising. So I don't think it's going to slide into the sea. I think the sea may just slide slide it out. Mm Mm-hmm. But we're talking thousands of years here. I mean, the the um, cycle we're in now has, I think they said, another 16,000 years before it actually had effect. So we've got a while. Mm-hmm. But but it it's really, and there's a, there's another site that's really kind of fun for people to look at. It's called spaceweather.com, and. Um, It'll talk about, you know, sun flares and all sorts of things that are going on that will give you some ideas to when the atmosphere is going to be disturbed and things like that. It's kind of an interesting site to look at. I don't know if you've ever seen that site before. I've not, seen it. I have, I've seen it. I've been on it a couple of times. I have not followed it with any kind of regularity, but it seems to be a good source of information. Yeah, it, especially, you know, I look at it um Sunspots, um, you know, can affect <laughs> the internet, and the internet is very important to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I and to try to, a to lot learn. of people that don't think about it, and uh, uh, many times, well, whenever we see, um, there was a story not that long ago about the auroras uh, being seen so far south of the pole, and yes. well, that coincides with eruptions from the sun. So when those happen, we also have more interference with the TV and the Internet. Um, and if we ever get a direct hit, it could probably just burn something out big time. Well, it'll probably take, it'll probably take our computers out for sure. I know mm-hmm. there was an EMT burst in Nashville, and, and my computer, I lost my power. Uh, the, the power thingy in my computer had to be replaced. Wow. See how technical I get the thingy. <laughs> Well, well, well. Um, but but yeah, no. I think that the the you know the research that you do is so fabulous because you really do check it out before you put it up there. There's not a there's nothing up here that that um, you know reeks of you know conspiracy theory and stuff like that. Um, it, even though I dabble, not dabble. That's the wrong word. Investigate a lot of things that would be considered 
uh, in the category of conspiracy theories, you can find real substantial support for these things. I mean, they're really there. Now, sometimes when I do the research on it, I end up wasting a whole lot of time. And I did that today and was it's like I wanted to be angry with somebody because I'd wasted hours, you know, tracking down something. And uh, supposedly there is a University of Antarctica um, in Antarctica, and supposedly um, uh, you can do courses online. You don't have to be on the campus. And I thought, <laughs> wouldn't it be neat to have a certificate from the University of um, Antarctica, you know, just, just for the fun of it. For the fun of it. Well, well, the more I explored, the more I explored, the date, it hadn't been updated since 2015. And the more I looked, it looks like somebody put up an elaborate scam. I can't definitely confirm that yet, but I can find no independent um, support that that really exists. But I spent hours because I thought, man, this is really going to be a great story. Well, you dig deep enough, you find out some stories aren't real. Okay, um, I seem to have dropped off, and um, Mary dropped off as well. So I guess I will say thank you for um, thank you for listening. And obviously, we were getting too close to saying something very important, so uh, we got stopped. Hold on, just a second. Can, Mary, can you, you there? Me? I am now. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I got I got I'm... dropped. Uh, well, I, that's the experience I had up this end also. Did we say um, anything that was terrible? I don't know. I, You know, I think that you were in the University of, of Antarctica. Um, <laughs> Which at this point, I, don't, I would not make any bets that it's real. But I, if I find out something de- definitive, I certainly will address it on the website. Well, um so I, I think, you know, can I, I, I heard something that I've checked out to a certain degree. It is conspiracy-ish. Can I drop it on you? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, apparently NASA has just hired a priest because at some point in time they are going to be releasing information that aliens are here and stuff like that. And... The um, whispers on the street, again, I have no confirmation, this is conspiracy, that the vaccinations they're insisting that we get have nothing to do with COVID. They have to do with protecting us against any viruses the aliens may be spreading since they're here on the planet. I'm not touching that one. (laughs) No, I don't blame you. I wouldn't either, except... I have checked it in a couple of places, and it seems to be um, people aren't saying it's garbage. And so uh, I I think the first thing I'm going to try to to validate is that NASA has hired a priest, and then why have they hired a priest? That's that's where I would start. Now, there has been cooperation with uh, the Vatican for quite some time. I know that um, uh, the Vatican has um, uh, telescopes. Uh, and those, you know, whatever they get from those telescopes is in conjunction, I think, with NASA. Um, so there's the involvement with the two. Do you know what their telescope in California is named? Lucifer. Yeah. <laughs> Who would it's choose strange. to do that? Who would choose to do know. that? <laughs> I just yeah, can't. I it, just it, can't it, imagine. I just can't imagine anything associated with uh, Christianity would choose that as a name for their telescope, and yet that is the name of that telescope. There you are. <laughs> there you are. There's so, just yeah. some things that's hard to explain. Very, un- unless it's like a jigsaw puzzle, and and they had such a trouble, such trouble putting it together. They, you know, 
called it the devil. I, I, mm. I don't know. I don't know why they would name it that. But I just can't imagine that. Nope, neither can I. But, but you know, let's get back to the moon because we do have about ten minutes, you know, left here. But I, there's well, so I much going enjoying, on. I was kind of enjoying this tangent off on the uh, the Vatican and 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 ETs. Uh, there's, you know, there was an article oh, okay. quite I'll a go, few. No, no, I. I, I, you know, I, I didn't want to take away from your website, but, but. Oh no, that's all right. This, that's okay. This cons- this conspiracy thing about, you know, it it sent me back to thinking about War of the Worlds, and that that the aliens did invade, and yet, what killed the aliens off and saved humanity was the fact that they they were affected by the common cold. So. It it would it would you know I you know, when you step back and look at it you know, they're being so insistent about everybody being vaccinated and you know it just it 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 doesn't make sense to me and so um, well remember you know, it, this it, it, Werner von Braun yeah. uh, when he was dying of cancer uh, he was giving all of his information to I'm going to go blank on her name right now but she's been his spokesman uh, ever since. And one yeah. of the things he said, one of the last things that would happen was that they would um, make us afraid of the ETs and that that would be bogus. Those are yeah. not his words, but that was the gist of it. The man knew an awful lot. He knew about, uh, you know, he just plain did. So I would yeah. find some comfort in his words. Um, there's been other people like... Um, Oh, Colonel Bob, um, mm, going to go blank on him. But these guys have been in the deep ranks of uh, everything, and uh, they say that uh, you know there's two. This some of this fear is being generated uh, falsely for the wrong reasons. And you so, know the the thing uh, that that I noticed on your website that I have always said was that that. They may predict an alien invasion, but in but my gut is saying that they may use holographs to project things onto clouds that will make it look like there's an alien invasion. Well, the well, they will absolutely be holographs. Right, and, and <clears throat> the hologram technology has gotten quite sophisticated, and um, it's is it called? I think it's Project Bluebeam, and yeah. You know, I have posted some of the pictures uh, of entire cities that have been projected onto clouds over China, for example. Um, exactly, and and I think that's <clears throat> that my feeling is that that um, that that in order to quell the masses, in order to control the masses, in order to force us even into a one-world government, <clears throat> suggesting alien invasions so that everybody would get together to fight against it and, and give power over to places that don't deserve to have the power, um, they they will project onto the clouds and, and try to uh, instill a one-world government in order to, quote-unquote, protect the planet when that's not the, that's not the reason at all. Yeah, we have to be, uh, we have to really stay on our toes and, you know, try to read where the truth is, because uh, there's a lot of bogus things going on. Well, it's a hard one, and you do, you know, you get to the place where you don't know who to who to trust. And and I know Patrick, my late husband, you know, would say to me, you know, don't listen to the regular news because they're not reporters; they are anchors, and they are reading a script given to them. And I said to him at the time, so where do you go for the truth? He said. You have to find it where it's hidden because, you know, the people that are really putting the truth out there aren't being given the forum that these other people are being given. Well, here's the sad part. When people recognize that there is a, you know, that we can't totally trust, you know, regular media, then they turn Uh to the Internet. Well, because of algorithms, you can quickly be led down some rabbit holes you really don't want to get into. And once you get down there, one rabbit hole leads to another. So you can get entangled in a mess of untruths simply because you weren't 
ready to accept what was coming from standard media. So there you're yeah. between you're between as they say a rock and a hard place. Um because I mean, the the danger of the internet is is enormous. Well, it because everything's out there. It isn't it isn't just the truth. It's it's theories all over the place. And you know, it it's sort of like I do so much checking and double checking and triple checking on a lot of things that you you get you get caught because they they take your search patterns um you know on your on your computers and they feed you material that goes along with what your search patterns are and you just don't know you don't know what you can trust and what you can't trust and, 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 and you can it, prove it, that to yourself very easily i was looking up electric cars well, I want you to know all uh-huh. sorts of things about electric cars were coming up on my computer, on my laptop, on, and on my phone just because uh-huh. I had, you know, was lo- trying to learn about electric cars. So, yeah, if they can do it at, some, at that level, they can do it at any level. Yeah, and that's, that's you know, we kind of want to to caution people to really pay attention and 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 to really do research and we have that we have the capabilities of doing the research it's just a matter of who do you trust and and yeah. you know it, it got to be where it, excuse me but politicians aren't trustworthy anymore and so therefore you know you know who's paying their bills where are they getting their money from and and then you look at at the if you, if you do the follow the money, you come to the big pharma and you come to the big corporations, and and they're not looking after humanity; they're looking after profit. So, you know, the, then who do you listen to? And 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 listening to them and being able to have power to make changes is a whole other ball of wax. Mm-hmm. It's it can be frustrating, but it, it can also be an adventure, and it can be. Looking for the truth these days is is quite it, it's almost Indiana Jones ish and I mean I've had um, I did a show with Gary Wayne that um, YouTube took off and they slapped me in the wrist and they said no no you do this Why? again Why? Uh, because 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 what he was saying and what I was saying in the show it was he was talking about. Um, the end times and COVID. And, you know, we didn't, I, I mean, truly, he's more a biblical theologian than anything else, or contrarian, as he puts it. So, uh, but they, they censored me. And they told me that if I put anything up that was contrary to to science, as it was politically being put out there, that, that mm. they would prevent me from posting for a week or longer. Mhm. So, um I mean, <laughs> Gary Wayne for heaven's sakes. I mean, you know, you know, um and and I didn't feel that he said anything that was contrary. He was just giving his theories to end times and and the and the pandemic that was going on. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mhm. Apparently, free thought and free speech is being censored. But, but to censor well, again, yeah, they just they program a computer, and if certain words come up or come up several times, um, the computer programming will send up a flag, and that's when you would be getting cut off. But again, it goes back to the famous algorithms and computer programming. It's not like I don't know. It's just it's really something. We live in very interesting times, and I'm very, very interested to find out what you're going to write about next year. <laughs> well, I, I, a while back, a couple, uh, within the last couple of weeks, I, I watched the Matrix series over again because, in many ways, it feels like we're living in a matrix, and you know what we do externally has nothing to do with what's really going on internally. So, it's. Uh, it's very it's 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 very interesting and I'm curious too because I channel the material and and you know there's there's a part of me that says you don't really want to do this do you and then another part that says yeah I'm fascinated because I have found that my predictions 
you know, you know that that are that are overviews of the year to come, have been quite quite accurate in many cases. So it's going to be interesting, and mm-hmm. I'll I'll let you know when it's up, and we'll put it out there. But we have come to the end of our hour, and I want to first I want to apologize for screwing up last month. Um, I got overwhelmed and forgot, and. Uh, <laughs> What can I say? It was my fault. <laughs> you you were here, I wasn't. So uh I am so sorry. But uh, okay. thank you for thank thank you for, you know, being a good sport and coming back. But right. um we will look forward to seeing you again um next the end the last Wednesday of the month is when uh Skyships over cashiers will be on nightlight and um please check the website out because it's a fabulous website and Mary's books also fabulous. So um, it's, it's uh, skyships over got uh, cashiers.com and now you can go check it out and, and have a wonderful evening losing yourself totally in everything that Mary has done over the last decade or two. Mary, thank you again. You have a good evening. Take care. You too. Good night now. Good night, everybody. Um, we will see you next year. So do do check in with us. We have tons of wonderful people scheduled, and both Mark and I are working on. Uh, I think we're working on June now. So uh, we have a lot of fabulous people on. Have a happy new year, everybody. Stay well and stay interested and start looking into some of the stuff that's going on. What you find may be, may be upsetting or fascinating or both. Good night now.